Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everyone, it's Stephen Jones from the Sunday Times. There are two rucks this week, as there normally are in the week before the international start. Monday was the curtain raiser, with some fading talent such as Owen Slot and Lawrence Denalio. With the curtain raiser over, here is the main event. This Sunday there are three games in the Women's Six Nations. In France, in Wales and in Ireland. And amazingly, I hear that there is a 17-year-old lock called Moena Tallinn in the England squad. Blimey, the policeman may be younger. No, so the locks are younger too. The panel today are only comprised of all-time greats. They've got 8,000 caps between them. Giselle Mather is the best-known women's coach anywhere, but would be really insulted to be labelled a women's coach because I was just about to say she's had great success with men. But, um, I mean, she's been involved in the development of many, many great male players, so it is ridiculous to categorise her in one sex or another in terms of her coaching. She's director of rugby at Wasps Ladies, was recently honoured by the Rugby Writers Club. What do we give you? A tankard. A tankard, yes. A tankard, it's lovely. Is it? Yes, Is it a, gra- really a, a great big foaming pipe tanker. I was tankard. really chuffed. Were you? Yes. Okay, well, we haven't quite got around to getting anyone something who might not want a huge tanker, but um, it, it was the thought that counted, and I'm really sorry I wasn't there to see it. Also, we've got Marley Packer, described in the papers as a talismanic England flanker. You could even say, I think, a volcanic England flanker. The bad news is that due to ankle injury, she's been tottering around the studio and will miss the Six Nations. Very sad, but I think talking to Marley, it's partly an insurance policy. Marley, against uh, being fit for the World Cup? Yeah, definitely. Like, I'm looking to come back for the end of the season, but my eyes are now on next season, 2021 World Cup year, uh, making sure that I'm fit and ready to go again. We've also got Catherine Spencer. I'd go as far to say a global rugby figure now, former England number eight, and as of this week, an author, and as of... Several months ago, a mother. Uh, this is the first time we've ever prepared for the wreck by making sure that May, uh, Catherine's daughter, is safe and well outside with Catherine's mum. And what a, uh, what a gorgeous girl she is as well. Oh, She's absolutely stunning. She so is, congratulations yeah. on that. <laughs> congratulations this week on becoming an author with the book Mud Mall Mascara. It is the first book written by a great rugby player from, from, from the women's game. I've read it. It is absolutely and incredibly beautiful and thought-provoking. It's one of the best books I've ever read. Thank you, Steve. And I'm not saying that because you're on the show. It, it, it is. And um, for all those interested, it'll be available on Amazon next next week, Catherine. Thank you. I'll talk to you at 10 later. That's oh, all right. Thank you. Is that all? <laughs> and um, also in the Sunday Times this Sunday, I'll be talking to Catherine about the book and some of the philosophies in it. So please, please don't miss that. Marley. 
how is this England team developing? There are three games on the weekend. Um, they're away in France, which is probably the hardest game they, they could they could start off with. How are they developing from from your point of view and from what you've seen? Um, from what I've seen, they're developing well. Um, obviously, I've not been with them for the last couple of weeks, so they would be new players have obviously come in. They'd be sharpening up in the lineouts, making sure their their starter plays are are sharp. Um, when the the changes come in, the finishers making sure that they know what they're doing. But I think they'd be looking at themselves. We come off the back of a, a really good autumn internationals for us, um, beating France over in France for the first time in six years was massive for us and then to back it up going down to Exeter and then getting that try in that final minute um it just shows the the determination and that mentality of win for us so I think we won't rely on what happened in the autumns we Mm. know it's going to be a massive test and we've got to show up for but the girls will be very prepared for that I think it's a it's a good thing it's an earlier kickoff so you get up they do them their meetings. They do their activation. They get some food in them, and then obviously to the ground. Whereas mm. sometimes when we've played for France previously, it's been a later kickoff. Those eight nine o'clock kickoffs, and they're the ones that you sat round all day long, not twiddling your thumbs in the mornings. Mm. You get up, have breakfast, and then suddenly come two o'clock in the afternoon. It's like rush, rush, rush to to then play in the game. So I think. Um, It'd be, it'd be a really good game for us. I think we'd be very ready for it. Giselle, you've coached against or or, you, or, you, or you've coached loads of these new crop of players. Um, is it the best you've seen the people coming through? Or is it are they a generation that we don't know about enough yet? I think the pathways now for the youngsters are fantastic. And with with the TP15s established now and the you know the, the the route through that they've got their experience of playing alongside the players that they're going to play so from from Amelia Harper's point of view these players they play against week in week out now so mm. instead of it being something that you get called into that you have no experience of at all um they have their uh, talent development pathways that they come through as youngsters the England 20s so there's a lot of experience of international camps and and preparations for games with groups of players that you don't play week in week out and I think they'll just be incredibly excited and really looking forward to Uh, to being part uh, of it. I know this is difficult but have you got any any names for us that we might uh, the the bystanders might not know so well that we should look at look at this year with England? In terms of the actual current squad well I think that the the two youngsters that you've already mentioned coming through the the young seven that's been called up because of Marley's injury I think from England's point of view. Marley says she's useless by the way. (laughs) I did not say that. She did that was only a joke. Uh, she, She played she played at the weekend against my development squad um, to get yeah. to get game time and practice because Richard Blaze came down to, to watch her and, and Lark Davis play because they're both returning from injury. I think the big issue right across the, the board there though is that there's been a lot of injuries to the back five players for England in recent weeks. So for me, also talking about the youngsters, but Harriet Miller-Mills, obviously I'm her, her club coach yeah. and have travelled the, the 22-month ACL process yeah. with her so yeah. so cutting a long story f- short she did her ACL then five months into rehab she did it again yeah. so had to restart again then we got her back on the pitch she played two and a bit games and then in the warm-up against Bristol which was our third game her third game back 
she felt something pops and then mis- the meniscus had gone. So she had another 12 weeks there. So, so, so you're talking about nearly two years out of the two game. Two and a half she's been out of the game. Yeah. And for her to now, I mean, she's played remarkably well. Um, you could see the process that she was going through, getting trust in, in, in her body and where she's at. The last two games she's played, which we played against Darlington and Bristol, she was magnificent. Got, gets herself on the try sheet from typical eight plays. The one she scored against Bristol was a beautiful support line. And I'm equally as excited to see her back, albeit that she's you know 50 plus caps already, um, as I am to see yeah. Amelia Harper play. Well, I she, think I think they're both going to make a, a massive impact. Harriet Miller Mills was actually playing out with skin. I remember before she was injured. So. Let's hope she deserves, gets the luck with injuries which exactly. she deserves. And the same with Marley when Marley's over hers. Uh, Catherine, um, Six Nations, when it comes up, it's always an exciting time. There are three matches, which again, France, England is exciting, so, so is Wales, Italy. Are we making the best of the Six Nations in terms of profile and things like that? Profile, kickoff times, venues, should they be played just before the the, the, the man's game, the men's game at the at the men's stadium? Or how, how would you, if it was all up to you, would you change it or would you make it better? Oh, I was getting the nice easy questions, don't I? I think I actually, I do like this question because I, unbelievably, I do have an opinion. <laughs> really? Um, I, th- I know, it's amazing. I would, I think it needs to go one of two ways. One, uh, and actually just to put this into context, all three women's games are on Sunday this weekend, all played at the same, same time. Same time, yeah. Um, and obviously makes it very difficult for, for viewing purposes. So Women's Six Nations really has to kind of slot in around the, around the, the men's tournament, be that scheduling, venues and, and kick-off times and so on. And, and so the women's game is very much kind of in second place and, you know, it's still growing and, and there's reasons for that. I think it needs to do one of two things. We need, need to be completely fully integrated into the Six Nations. We need to be playing at the same stadiums with the men every time. Or, actually, do we go completely the other way, separate our way from the Six Nations? We don't necessarily have the best teams in Europe playing in our Six Nations. Spain are above both Ireland and Scotland, I think, in the world rankings at the moment. Mm. Do we actually separate away, completely create an opportunity for new sponsors or any sponsors to come in? A title sponsor would be nice. And and step away from the shadows of the men's tournament. So you go uh, back to, say, April, May or something like that? Maybe, potentially. Try and, you know, try and, I mean, it's, it's stuttering along. And we are seeing bigger crowds. There's no, there's yeah. no denying that. But actually, are they big enough? And when you get three games on a Sunday, all played at the same time, in quite challenging venues, um, you know, we're not heading over to Paris, we're heading to Poe, po, I think yeah. is the pronouncement. It, it doesn't make it easy um, we'll come to Marley in a minute as the, as the current player, but do, do, you, do you think there's a possibility for changing it? Or, I mean, the Six Nations is a, is a massive thing. It's got a massive aura. Should should, should you we, we be ducking and diving a bit and, and going elsewhere, Giselle? It's the the perceived consequences, and then what will come out as unintended consequences that that worry yeah. me. And and from, from my point of view, the Six Nations is. The Six Nations. Yeah. It's special. I do, just to clarify, I do love the Six yeah. Nations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I just think the, the energy behind it, so, you know, the TP15 shuts down for, for nine weeks, whether that's right or wrong, so there's a question there. If you move the Six Nations somewhere else, then we'll be playing the, the TP15s all through the Six Nations. Mm-hmm. And the heart of rugby in Europe at that time is the Six Nations so will the TP15s be recognised, noticed that it's going on so there's, there's, there's this, those issues I agree with you that should we do we have to have the same six 
teams in it and we we had a discussion about this last night in my my coaching team and you know yes you've got England and France ahead of the game at the moment and then in order to keep or to encourage investment from other unions into their women's unions. We were under the, the impression that maybe the, the sixth place side at the end of it, the wooden spoon, has to play the winner of the next tier down. Yeah. And the winner of that game takes the Six Nations place the following year. Well, I, I can't think see a... Scotland and Wales and Ireland being happy yeah. with the thought that their girls could be relegated from what is a, a traditional mm. supported Six Nations tournament. <clears throat> so would have to then step up and invest in the way that, that England and France are investing in their women's sides. And there's no more investment, but also could you not just add one team every year? Do we have to have six? Could it not be seven? So whoever won it came in? But then I think you're looking at the scenarios that then that, that it will be longer and then you're looking at player welfare. We'll be playing week in, week out and that that's a, that can be like a six-day turnaround yeah. and then you've got a travel day on that. You've got to look at logistics of things and for me as a player, Six Nations is one of the best tournaments to play in and every year it comes around. Yeah. Whereas you get a World Cup that comes around once every four years. Um, so I think Six Nations for me is that I want it to stay and logistically where we play the games and and how we play them as in if, whether we play them before or after men's games isn't always right we don't get those massive crowds or maybe we don't get the time slot that is on TV but the, the thing is for I think for me as a player is that I love playing in the Six Nations so I wouldn't want that to change and then mm. if we did say we moved away from the men's where would you put it in the calendar yeah, exactly. um, there's a thing mm. like autumn internationals that's another time of year internationally whereas uh, for an England player especially it's a really exciting the, time there is one thing and surely it's not beyond the wit now of, when, of, of man or woman to fit it in with, with the main six nations I mean what they used to do it would be before all your times but was that they play England A games and they'd always be on a Friday afternoon and where the, where the match was next day like it would be Donnybrook in Dublin it would be Cardiff at Cardiff Arms Park and the thing was, thousands of fans were coming over to have, to have a drink and, and chill out and have a really great day, and they would always go to the games. And I think, they ought, in my opinion, they ought to play you on Friday at internationals on Friday afternoon, not evening, because it's always dark. That's, that's sort of where the England 20s men competition yeah, sits, yeah, isn't it, yeah. at the moment? So I, I think that would that would be great as people, people are arriving. The day after, when we play on Sundays... That doesn't. People, no. are, people are tested and blown out. Yeah. But the thing is, if, if, if it's on a Monday, um, you're probably going to say, well, if I'm going to stay and watch the girls play, I've, I've got to lose a day's work, so mm. I'm not going to be up until mm. the next day. But on Friday, yeah, do you know what they used to get? Sort of 8,000. Yeah. I've got many, many good ideas like that. So. <laughs> oh, sorry, that I'm no, with sorry. you on that one. I'm with that you. Was, yeah, I am the first. Saying, but and up, you yeah. could do it as, like, it's back-to-back, so like you've got the under-20 boys after the women or before the women, so then they're actually, they've got... Three games all within the same yeah. Yeah, radius exactly. of each other. That and that's a really good thing. That's the energy of the Six Nations, and yeah, I think if is. you move us to to a different thing, that moves the TP15s. And I think Marley's point already. If you look at the the commitment level of a England international now, yeah. they play eighteen TP games, they play autumn internationals, they play the Six Nations, um, and, and then a summer tour, and there isn't really. No, a break. It is not. And it is not. perhaps is that why? Because now you know we've got all these injuries. The the, the players at the moment are all 
all the games they play virtually are high power games sure. now, which didn't used to be the case mm-hmm. in the women's sure. game. And now that, it's yeah, and with that, full and with on. like the TP fifteens and how the league is now, like I know you, you can talk to any player that plays in the league, but especially us as an England group, we love playing for our clubs. Like yeah. we love playing in those games. And you, you look at the the big clashes, and you talk about the Harlequin Sarries game, but. That that for for me as a player that is, is just as good as me going and playing in some of those Six Nations mm. games. Um, I, I think with, the men would the say phys- the same with the physicality, yeah. um, the way we play, those score lines, and it's a battle from from the whistle to that 80th minute. It's not uh, uh, any runaway games now. Marley, let me just ask you another question. This, I'm not mean to trip you up, but say um, you, you you can play it. You can play it. Mind you, you're pretty easy to trip up. You, you, you're going to get her, it's now. I, I asked Catherine the same question. Twickenham is the home of the whole ru- of rugby. England rugby, it, it, yeah. England, England rugby. It is, it, well, it's the founding father union of the whole game. It's a magnificent stadium. Some or some people like it. Some people maybe don't. But when you're uh, on 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 a freezing cold night after the men have gone at at, at Twickenham, it's got a certain um, uh, down factor as well. Say when you go to Exeter, you get an amazing, absolutely amazing crowd. And I'm not I am not turning to chip you up. I'm not saying you're going to turn you back on Twickenham. But are there? Is it swings and roundabouts? Do you love one and love the other, or is it lovely to be playing in front of a mad? bunch of Devonians <laughs> obviously it, it's good to, for me amazing to go back down to Exeter that's like my hometown like my home mm. so it, it's amazing to go down there and fill up fill a, a stand but then there is that aura of playing at Twickenham of the home of English rugby so it's really hard to weigh up but for us at the moment England on the going on the road to go to different stadiums we, we've been up to Doncaster mm. um, we played at Bedford's game um, at Be- Bedford Stadium, mm. I, th- I think for us it it puts us more on the map. We mm. get crowds in that maybe wouldn't have come and watched women's rugby, and we are getting set up crowds. Obviously, we we need to look for bigger stadiums for to make sure because obviously we went from playing at Exeter to then playing at um, Bedford, which the the capacity was quite different. Mm. But at the same time, that that feeling of that whole crowd behind you, it, it's it's amazing. It makes your hair stand on on end. Kath, what what's the uh, what would be your view? Um, the, the the glory of playing at Twickenham or people behind you, being people going mad behind you. The last time for me, this came up as a kind of a bit of a a big topic was in 2010 when we had our our home World Cup and leading into that tournament my thoughts we should be playing at Twickenham you know World Cup final we should be playing there and we should be aiming high with our spectator numbers in the end the decision was made to play at the the Twickenham Stoop and we did pretty much sell out sell out mm. the stage yeah. were, mm. I, I will say this they were like there were ticket touts it's so exciting you know like <laughs> not very moral but you know it's exciting to step in women's rugby so it felt amazing you say you know you played in front of a you know a sellout a sellout crowd but it's Twickenham there's something really special about playing that and you know I think we should be goes back to our conversation before you know how can we change the Six Nations can we you know put in promotion, relegation, can we add some consistency, always have games on a Friday or something, so actually we're building those crowds at Twickenham. The aim is to have a really good crowd I think at Twickenham, isn't it? That being said, I think it is good to take the game around the country I think, Marley, you're exactly right, we shouldn't be going to stadiums with a capacity of 5,000 we should be 
aiming higher. higher. Yeah, and okay. I think I think Ed, that that's that's a gist like a hundred percent from myself. But yeah, we've got to aim high and we've got to make those crowds come in. But if, if we're looking at the the women's game, like we you have to sell seats for then sponsors to to look at you and hmm. and want to invest in, in the game and stuff and. Twickenham's amazing to play up. The, the pitch is like a carpet, and it, it and it's an amazing feeling. And can, you've done it, Kath, where you've gone out just after the men's game to warm up for for your international, and you come out again, and the stadium's nearly empty, it's yeah. being, being full, mm. and, and you still got that. Oh my God, you're playing at Twickenham, but actually it empties out quite quickly. There's nothing more than disheartening, is no, there? No, but then at the same time, yeah. in, yeah. Yeah. But a lot of them don't know that it's no, on, so no. it's marketing as well. But then at well. the same time, I, I feel like where we're going to play at, at these other stadiums, people are coming to watch us and they're not having to pay X amount or, or have to get into central London, or not central, but Twickenham, on a match day um, when there is going to be tens of thousands of people there uh, again I, I think they got it all wrong I, I just think it's so easy to change I think they I think they, they should put you on before but anyway but there's still people that don't know the women's game are playing after the men and that's no, half the not. problem as there's well not. And, that, you know. not. and also they shut half the stadium um, Giselle can I just ask you we're talking about the international game you were commentating on the on the summer series, mm-hmm. okay? For the development of the game when, when, when I read about this I thought god this is just what they want and I still think probably on the field it might have been, but it just looked terrible on TV. It looked awful on TV. Sorry, we should just explain what the Summer Series is. It's um, a five-team um, series which was played last year in North America. The and best was, five teams the in the best, world. The best five teams in the world. Yeah, sorry. So so you, you have the best, best five teams in the world and hence pretty much the best players in the world running around on a field in San Diego, changing mm. out of of marquee tents now yes I agree with you the concept of having those five teams and competing fantastic great for the players great to move the standard of the women's game on but the venue's not and I think you know going back to the discussion we've just had we have to be aware of where the game is at this moment in time but we also have to be aspirational in order to move it forward and you know we have we have a model in front of us of, of women's football who Recently, so early doors, they weren't getting things right. Things were all over the place. Now, recently, I think they're, they've been spot on. So, you know, in, in terms of how they're supporting their club rugby, because in order to get people into international rugby, you have to make the club players become household names. You have mm. to make the TP15s out there for people to see. And the crowds at TP15s are not really there because a lot, a lot of people know that it's happening. So, you know, in the, in the particular areas, and I think clubs need a lot of support with that area because for me at Wasps, I don't have a, a massive budget that I can then invest in, in commercial mm. and, and, and media to get everything out there. I just haven't got that. Quinns do a very good job because they have got that and they use their men's marketing system. I don't have that. So we need the clubs need massive support in in publicizing this and if you look at the football the week that they had an international week so when the players have got international the the premier league stops so what they marketed and the, and it didn't come from the clubs it came from the FA was right your women are wearing the same shirt they wear the same badge as the team of the men. Please come and support them. And yeah. they advertised the game down at, at Spurs at the new ground. They had 33,000 people rock mm. up to watch the women play mm. because of that campaign. And OK, albeit the following week they weren't there, mm. more were there than were there before. Sure. So that support coming in raises that level. Out in San Diego, great idea, but no, they didn't They didn't get it. They didn't, they didn't put it in the right place. But mm. then you look at 
American rugby and it's not their first major sport. They don't have the same support systems around it. So they drew everyone in together and and set up that issue. But you wouldn't have had the top five men's teams in those no, circumstances. No, no, yes, no. And the work that the athletes do at that level is equal to the men and many of those athletes are also holding down full-time jobs. So I feel that we've got to know where we are, we've got to be aspirational, but we've got to pay the respect to the athletes that are Doesn't someone have to say from centrally to to increase the marketing budget, even if it's it's Twickenham and even if it's not in England? Well, that's what I feel. I feel that. You know, yes, we get get a bit of finance to run all of this stuff, but we are running, at the moment, 60 players in competitions nationally across the country yeah. so getting people to travel when I stay overnight when we've mm. gone miles away it's very expensive and we're all trying to put these together I have to put my priority funding into the performance on the field at the moment I, yeah. I can't put it into the well, the bells and whistles around it because the first thing I have to do is make sure the product on the field yeah, is yeah. worthy of watching yes 100% I think we need a proper marketing strategy across the league that raises its profile and I'm telling you now some of the games I've seen lately are incredible yeah, some yeah. amazing club games yeah. I mean as we say the Saris Quinns one was absolutely extraordinary we played Bristol at the weekend fabulous standard mm. being played there you well, know, I mean I, I actually thought the thing in America was fabulous standard yeah, if, if you'd, absolutely. If you'd magic a, a hologram of crowds Around it, you all thought this is this is fantastic. And, and, and the, but the as it turned out, they didn't even, they, they didn't even <laughs> yes. have a camera for a, for the TMO. Oh, it was awful. Yes. And, and the France the France England game in in at Sandy Park, finishing in the last minute with that mm. with that try, unbelievable game of rugby. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Catherine, I can put two points to you. First of all, we're talking about the general good of the international game. Were you disappointed that the World Cup is, for some baffling reasons, um, not 16 teams, the next World Cup? And also, well, let me ask you that first, Not six, should it surely be 16 now? Yeah, it should, and it should have been last tournament, I think. I understand previously to that that it was it was 12 teams, and, and mm. that's fair enough. And actually, probably in 2014, it was lucky. Well, it was not lucky. It was good in a way for England that it was a 12-team tournament. Mm. Um, but yeah, absolutely, it has to be 16 teams now. It's got to, you know... People keep telling us that the women's game is growing globally. That's that sits at the top of the the women's game. That's got to surely it's got to demonstrate let, let that me, as well. Let me ask you one, one more question regarding the forthcoming Six Nations. Now, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, and Italy are are, are making massive efforts to to, to improve. Um, but at the moment, there are two teams who, in the betting, are way out ahead. Do you think that England actually need these other countries to improve so they're playing with intensity every week of the Six Nations? Um, yeah, I think England needs it. I think they need it for themselves as well. Yeah. You know, we always talk about it, don't we, from a from an England perspective. And of course, you know, they're always trying to improve all the time. England are in a fortunate position, obviously, aren't they? They've gone professional, but they're kind of leading the way and, and other teams kind of need to do this as well. And actually, going back to Giselle's earlier point, if we did have promotion relegation, that kind of forces the issue then, doesn't yeah. it? Otherwise, their teams will disappear and I don't think any of those teams will allow that to happen. Yeah. I'm going to give you one name. And tell me what you think. Lions. I've spoken about this before. I, I think it's an amazing concept, but I, I, I don't feel the women's game, again, as I've already said, we need to know where we are currently right now. And if you put the best of Brit, the, you know, the British nations together, who do they play? And the only team at the moment that I could see that happening is, is New Zealand. Now, you can't take them to South Africa because each nation would probably beat South Africa at this moment in time on, on their own, as would um, in an Australia. It would be competitive with a couple of nations, but that would be it. So, again, it has to work straight off. And, and, and the way that I look at this, at this moment in time, running at the same time as the Lions, whatever, that we do a Northern versus Southern Hemisphere. And okay. there you get people, you get players who are little gems in their nations but haven't got the support systems around them, haven't got you know, enough of the team to, to really so, step so, out So that's a, that's, a no, that's a no for now? I, it's a, it's a, in a different way so not a British Lions but a a, a concept similar to that okay. could run at the same time okay, just but, and no in terms of so when you say Northern Hemisphere, it's like Just Six Nations teams. Plus, where well, you've got, or you, you, you divide, you divide the globe. <laughs> yeah, but you divide the globe as as you see appropriate to become an unbelievably is, competitive three series. But, but the thing so is, you could what, what, put Canada and, and America with. Australia, New Zealand, and you but could. Just to take a ride on the back of the lines, so say, 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 right, we're going to put a line team together. So the first two will be in two years to, to New Zealand, where we know it, know it would be fantastic. Then South Africa and Australia know they've got six years and or ten years because it's only every four years to get it right. I just think that the girls need a chance to, to, to get that jersey on, like they did with the Barbarians. That's, Marley, that's obviously, obviously, you'd like to, to to wear the jersey, but. Say, say you could wear, it in, like I say, in two years you'd, you'd have a tour which would be fantastic, not good for TV up here, but then you can move it on and everybody else is on is on a high alert for the Lions. So every South African pl- elite player who goes out to train is going to have it in mind in four years' time we could play against them. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, definitely. It'd be something that is amazing, but I, th- I, I think I agree with Giselle that it, it's in 
concept where we've got to be ready for it yeah um and the teams that we're playing to be ready for it like i think it'd be a great tour um <laughs> off the field it'd be great but oh, 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 it's no, nice oh, to know you're still yeah. the same marley yeah no um but marley they don't do all that anymore they don't know okay tell you what you would we'd really be bringing back a tradition for the old old star lions too as by me <laughs> okay well lions a little bit of a of a, of a back burner thing at the moment um, let's talk about Premier 15s. We're in our third year. As F- far as I can see, and all you've all appeared to have agreed, with the exception of your problem with Aylesford, who you wish... Um, I see, I read, the, I read your book. <laughs> at the end of the... When it started, they said at the end of three years, they'd have a look at it, and they decide should other teams come in, who should go in, who should, who should go out. Where is it where, where is it for you now in terms of... if Are they looking for other teams... And do we really want to lose anyone? I mean, forward Waterloo at the bottom at the moment, but do we really want to relegate them? Team up in uh, with Burnsy's team up up in the northwest. Just because it's Burnsy's team, we can't. Yeah, oh, okay. it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, we've got other teams, haven't we, wanting to come in and well, you know, Exeter, Exeter yeah. obviously is the sort of the most known name at the moment, mm. wanting to. And, and looking at the bigger picture, I think I think it's a good thing. I think. We, you know, Harlequins have shown a club with the resources, and, and Giselle mentioned earlier what a difference that can make. You know, they've yeah. got five thousand to their to their club game, didn't they? Standalone club game, and and it shows what we can do with resources. And now, not every not every club at the moment has that. Hardly any clubs have that amount of resource mm. at the moment. So, yeah, we do need we do need these other rugby brands, if you like, an extra is one coming into the women's Premiership. That's going to help the premiership which is going to help with international rugby which is going to help the the global game you know it's the women's rugby is quite a small world still so mm-hmm. you know and i i've been there and i've, I've been involved with clubs who've kind of disappeared because of mm-hmm. other teams coming into the to the premiership mm-hmm. waterloo is one of those clubs that we all kind of we all love partly mainly because of burns e jill burns who mm-hmm. is an absolute God S legend, yeah. bow down to her. But do they, you know, are they known enough? Do they have the resources? Can they, can they go to that next step in the Premiership? Can they grow their game on and off we, the pitch? We'll we, we leave the, the last word on this to Giselle. But Marley, um, you're obviously enjoying it, the, the, the competition. You're saying that, you know, your friends and your colleagues like it as much as anything that they do. How can it go forward now? It's a tough one because obviously every game. Is, is a challenging game now so maybe in the first season it came in that you would play the your, your uh, Waterloos or your Worcesters and you would put big scores you, you, on them you'd leave a, or leave a few players out sort of thing yeah kind of yeah. thing but yeah. now like every game you have to turn up you can you cannot take your foot off, off the gas so I think whatever happens for next season right now for me as a player like that's out of my hands I just got to make sure that I keep ticking the boxes for Saracens in mm. making sure that we're in a strong enough stead to, to stay in the league because mm-hmm. I don't think it's a case of relegation. I think it's a case of if you're hitting uh, targets around other areas. But for me, as a player, I'm just concentrating on playing the best rugby I can mm-hmm. and putting Saracens fair, in the best stead. Fair enough. Uh, Giselle, wh- wh- where, where should it go now? You, 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 you're closest and wisest about this than probably anyone around. What should it, What should they do? I'm going to be perhaps a bit more brutal about this in in that we are we're talking about the women's game and as being aspirational and driving it forward and wanting people to come and watch and we've had 3 years now as as 10 clubs to set up performance based environments high performance based environments on 
relatively limited budget. Some of us have been more successful with that than others. Mm. And you reach a point where we knew we had three years to do this. And I know Marley says that it's, it is competitive. It, it is, but there is a, a gap. Mm. And if you look at the men's premiership, people talk about it being one of the best leagues in the world because on any given day, A can beat B. Yeah. In the women's game at the moment, that is not the case. And I'm being brutally honest about that. that. That is not the case. And as the director of rugby at Wasps, wrongly or rightly, I turn up to games knowing roughly we're going to have a really hard time today. Yeah. We're going to, this is going to be fantastic and competitive. We're going or, to win this or game. Or you're going to win, or I'm going to win this game. Now, yeah. uh, we're moving on and we, and we are moving on. And I believe there's going to be some announcements next week. To, to explain as and where we are, um, yeah. of, of which I'm not in a, a position to obviously say that right now. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not. Spoil sport. I am. Spoil I am. sport. But um, we, are, we are in a process of, of we've reached the end of three years. Yeah. It was agreed that there wouldn't be promotion or relegation for those three years, but that there would be an assessment process. Just let me ask you this, if you can answer the question. Where, if you're relegated, where do you go to? Are they going to have a second rank? Well, I, I, again, there is some pretty big changes afoot okay um and you know in order to to continue to to build the game we needed three years and it doesn't necessarily mean it has to go to promotion relegation but it we we have a three-year cycle okay. is, is how the tps is okay. so we're at the end of that three-year cycle and changes are afoot and then we'll probably get well we'll go into another three-year cycle which again we have to be aspirational we have to aspire that on any given day I as the director of Was Ladies don't rock up thinking I've got this mm. so and we don't get into a situation where it's like well you know the, the, the big discussion at the moment is we've got a now a nine week break because of the, the Six Nations if at this current moment in time you said right we'll play, continue to play league games during this period of time because of the, the, the way that the league is if I as Wasps were to play Saracens, Quinns and Loughborough during the Six Nations, I'd have a great time. Hmm. If Gloucester has to play them after, and Gloucester and, and us are, are the hmm. ones that are head-for-head head yeah. going for that fourth, fourth, fourth spot, if Gloucester have to play them when all their internationals are back, that's not integrity of the league because what's are going to get situations if I take all three of those during the Six Nations because it fell that way, we're going to be where maybe we shouldn't be. Okay, And therefore... We, we have to be in a position like the men's game. Everyone says, well, the men's game can play. Well, that's because of the, the, dis, you know, the, the differences around their squads. And they can beat each other on any given day, and, and they are aware of having to develop players right across. Okay, well, and that's where we're at. Let's hope that the, the governing body do a much better job than the shambles of premiership rugby. You, you should be driven off the face of the earth. Can we just c- crack on now? I'll just ask you, to, before we come back to the Six Nations and our predictions, can I just ask you this? If you're at a local rugby club, which I do, which I am, I go, I go around to, to see them and then I go to other little clubs because my, my son, my son's either coach or play there. You cannot believe the, 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 the torrent of, of young girls who come in to play. One, 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 like one year you've lost all your players because they've gone to a big hub club, which is f- fine. Next year you go there and you've got another team there. Like in Reading, I've been to three clubs recently, and they're, they're like worker ants. The, the numbers is, are unbelievable. Which is amazing. And do you actually, does that get through to you? Mm-hmm. What, what about you? Because, you, you, you know, you've been to places where, like Folkestone, where you lost, you know, you lost players up, upwards and all that. But these kids are just out of this world, and they, they, don't, they, don't, 
They don't. They don't seem to take six weeks before they get into contact either. They just char- They just charge in. No fear. No, That's no fear. It's brilliant. It's brilliant, isn't it? That's all because it's the only sport where you can pick up the ball and run with it until someone stops you. And yeah. more and more girls are finding that the the thrill of that, of of actually being able to express yourself on the field and to do your thing until somebody but, stops you. But the thing is, that, you know, there's there's one cl- club I know that I went to see them and there were about they had about eight girls. Then the next season they had twenty odd. Now they got two teams. And they've got a kind of social media platform. They're always in the local paper. It's Thank God they're much better than the, these rugby players. Much better than the blokes. Oh, obviously, it's you know, but, you know, we, don't we sound surprised. That, it's quite I'm often. Not surprised. It, quite I'm often, not surprised. it comes about down to like one or two volunteers who are really driving that within the club. Yeah. And without that, it doesn't succeed. A bit like you know, in boys and men's rugby. But what we're seeing now is more and more people are willing to take that on and, yeah. and set up girls teams whether they've got you know daughters or not in the club or not you know it's just an, another part of rugby another team to develop so I think I think that's the key there's more there's more volunteers driive the girls game and, and you know and these young girls have got heroes that they, they get exactly. to see on the TV well, that's, that's exactly the, the, the big thing in, the, in women's sport at the moment if you can see it you can be it yeah. And, exactly. and and now and, and uh, it may be cliche, but it's, it is as it so is. True. So they're they're watching on on the TV now the likes of Marley Minimize. running around the place, causing chaos, and and games are closer, more competitive. They're very compelling. There's a lot of running rugby in them, and the, the young girls are looking at it. And then the Red Roses are. This is where I think they're absolutely amazing. After yeah. a game, you see yeah. them signing autographs to anyone and everyone who's asking for one for as long as it yes, takes. Yes, I, I know. And and the youngsters are just like, I met Marley Packer today. Yeah. I met. You know, Poppy Cleo. I mean, yeah, and and that is that they become part of it, and Ma- it's exciting. Molly, do you sense it's like a, the, well, there's been a boom? You sense you sense the boom is is actually growing. Yeah, definitely. It's all it's always on the up. Um, for me, obviously, being part of the, the England squad since 2014, it, it, it's been massive. And each year, it, it keeps on growing, mm. and then. I go back to like my local club in Yeovil, and um, they've got they've got a women's team there. And recently in the summer, me and Rachel Burford did a Rachel Burford Academy camp there, mm-hmm. and then she went back there actually last week and did another one. But one of those girls that I was coaching in the summer, Rachel, she's now uh, made her way into the Bristol Bears team, and mm-hmm. so to see that it, it is is phenomenal because the growth of the women's game and it keeps coming through. Like when I was back there a good 15 years ago now playing in that under 16s girls that that that's still growing and those players are still coming on and being able to get up into into the to the the good level of tp15s okay i know there's frustrations and the things don't happen as quickly as we'd all like but at least that's something that's pushing us all from the bottom now i just want to go and get back to the six nations and i need your predictions now ladies I'd like you to like to know who you think is going to win between France and England, and who thinks going to win the title. We'll start with Marley. Oh, how did I think you were going to do that to me? <laughs> you, you, I'm back the girls the whole way. England. Um, Eng- England to win in Po. England to win in Po. Okay. What about um, what about the other games? Ireland probably head in Scotland. Scotland just come off of, off of a win, so um, they have their towels up. So yeah. I think I think it'd be a really good w- game, but I think Ireland will just have the edge. Edge over the game. Wales. Every time I see a Welsh team, I panic. Every time I see the Welsh team, <laughs> no. Every time I see a Welsh squad, lady squad announced, they're always announcing we got forty six new players who never played before. Well, this is meant to be the Six Nations. You don't want forty six oh. new players who never played before. Kath, predictions, please. Oh. Uh, France, England this weekend. Oh, I'm just going to move away from Marley slightly, yeah. but still keeping my head near the microphone. <laughs> yeah. um, I think because it's in France. 
Yeah. I actually think France might win. There's been some really... England have, you know, won the last four, I think, but there's been some really close games. And I, So I actually think because it's in France, I think France... OK, Giselle, casting vote? So for me, I, I have to talk... So it's, it's interesting, you've obviously gone play and what have you. My, my heart would obviously want England every time, but the way that England beat... France in the last game was a moment of mental madness from the French. Absolute mental madness. And as a coach, when any team I coach loses for in that way, they learn so much. Mm. So, so much. And I think the French there will look at that and just be like, how... And and out in Poe, with the injuries that we've got, I'm going... France. Right, oh, well, I mean, the one. Oh. Sorry, Molly. That's okay. It's could okay. Be, could I'd be love t- to be. I'd love England to win. My my heart, obviously. Yeah. But my my head and my coaching and my looking at what happened. Right. Mm. Okay. And I also think we learned a lot from that game as well. <laughs> <laughs> you learn right. more when you lose than you do when you yeah, win. I know. We now have to name our gods or goddesses of the week. I'm sure you've thought about these. We'll start this time with uh, Giselle. I've already mentioned her. I've been on the journey with Harriet Miller Mills of. The, the the two and a half years rehab. I've never seen anyone work so hard, cope with disappointment, and, and it, as a as a player, it doesn't get any more disappointing that five months down the road after a sell it goes again. And many many players would have rolled over and said, "This isn't for me." And then when she got it again with the meniscus going, and for her to be selected, and me seeing the the rehab journey, the effort, and to watch. Hard work be rewarded. Harriet Miller Mills is my goddess of the week. That's a good one. Um, that's really annoying because that was going to be mine too. No, that's okay. Um, you can have the same okay, one. But that's okay. But I'm going to have another one. So my goddess of the week is going to be my mum, aka Granny, for yeah. coming to look after uh, my little one so I could be here. That's a, that's that's a, a good bit one. soppy, isn't it? That's a good one, yeah. I, I just thought <laughs> the office hasn't been trashed outside there. But <laughs> well, she hasn't done anything on a nappy, but we won't talk about that now. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Poppy Cleo. A couple of reasons. Uh, start of the season, she had an operation and she's worked really hard to get back from that and it's her time to shine obviously in the Six Nations and she sorted me out uh, football tickets to watch Liverpool play so she's done well does she not like you then? <laughs> no, she knows how much I love them. So, yeah, no, she's done really well this week. My goddess of the week is someone I've never met and never seen play more when a talent if you're 17 and you're playing in the front five or you're contending for the front five at the international level you must be some player, and that is way too young, but it's also also really exciting. So there's some good goddesses there. I think we'd like to call it a draw because each goddess, we usually name one, but each goddess is roughly about the same. <laughs> Ladies, thanks so much for coming on. Catherine, wish you huge sales with Mud Mall Mascara. Me too. Uh, Me too. Please, um, everybody, there'll be more about the book in the Sunday Times this week. Marley, we wish you total recovery. And many more games of magnificent World Cup, because joking apart, you'll be embarrassed by this, but you are a great one of England's greats, all-time greats, Thank and you. an absolutely fabulous flanker. And uh, let's hope you get back to 101 percent. She said, "I wish you many more tankards. You can <laughs> you can stick him up on your own." Thank you. Uh, I wish you. Um, I think you need one to go up one step to be in the top four with wasps. Correct. I wish you well with that. And um, if any other major jobs come your way. Well, you'll get a massive amount of support, and I hope they do. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you ever so much. That's the end of the wreck. We'll be back on Monday with uh, someone called Lawrence Delalio in charge after an absolutely fantastic uh, weekend. France and England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales and Italy in men's and women's, and what could be better?
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.